Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen, and Gregor McGregor. We are recording remotely this week. Gregor's basically on a jolly. He's going to the Ashes tomorrow, um, but he is working as well. So we're going to discuss the Derby County match. We're also going to be talking about QPR on Saturday. And is a central defender about to sign for the Robins? So, Gregor, uh, let's start with QPR. We were both there on Saturday. Uh, impressive performance. Just how impressed were you to start with? Were you with um, Adam Nige? Yeah, I thought he was superb. I gave him a very high score in my player ratings after the match because he was outstanding. I spoke to a few Robins fans up at Derby yesterday and they agreed that he was outstanding, very, very promising home debut. And it's just a pity that he only played that first 45 minutes. Otherwise, yeah, it would have been interesting to see if he could have kept that standard up in the second half. Yeah, how serious do we think that injury is to him? Well, it's, it's a bit odd, isn't it? Because Lee Johnson said after the game that it was basically a, a small knock and hopefully he was going to be back in a couple of days. And then yesterday, the head coach updated via local radio and said that basically he was going to be out for three or four weeks and they were going to have to give it a scan and they're hoping that they don't have to um, operate on it. Uh, if they have to operate on it, then we're going to put, probably be looking at months out. Mm. So, so hopefully... It's best case scenario, and it's just a bad strain of the ankle ligaments, and and he's back in yeah a month basically. That first half performance against um, QPR as a team wasn't great, was it? Or would you disagree? No, uh, yeah, there was there were chances either end that we probably shouldn't downplay QPR too much. They were well in the game, mm-hmm. and. Speaking of Mark Warburton, actually, after the match, he was quite proud of how his team had played for a large part of it, but just put the goals down to really individual errors. And actually, I lo- you know, I love to say it, but the XG... <laughs> the XG. XG said, said that actually QPR should have scored more goals than Bristol City on the day. But football doesn't go that way, and if you don't take chances... And, yeah, QPR did have chances, I thought... Um, the young guy on the right wing, Obey Samuel, was superb for them. I say, yeah. Although he should have been sent off, shouldn't he? Yeah, I'm not too sure about that. You're talking about the coming together with Rogue, yeah? Yeah, he kicked and, out, didn't uh, he? Yeah, he did sort of hit out. I, I kind of sympathise with him because, obviously, Rogue, and this is like a compliment to Rogue, Rogue was using all of his nows that he's gained as a veteran player, and he was holding on to Bright Bay Samuel's shirt, stopping him from running away. And I think out of frustration, yeah, you're right. Um, the QPR wingers lashed out a little bit there. Maybe lucky to stay on the pitch, but they got the win anyway, so maybe let him off. Yeah, so um, the bad thing from that was, was Adam Nige being injured. And then we went on to uh, Tuesday night against Derby. Now, I know you can say it's a different team to last season, it's a new manager but to go to Derby and get three points at away game is impressive, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a brilliant result and it's the kind of game, and I was sort of saying this last night in my match report, that they, it lays the foundation for a really good season. I mean, because I thought this team would take a little bit of time to gel together, a little bit of time for everybody to get on everybody's wavelengths, but that seems to be happening um, a, a lot quicker this year, maybe because of the call 
healthier players that come in, maybe because it's good work from Lee Johnson and he's upped his game a little bit. Um, he's got he's got these guys playing for each other straight away. Mm. Maybe it's because he's got a settled system that's working very well. This three at the back seems to. I, I, I said last year, I thought it. I said to Lee Johnson as well. I thought it really complemented the players that Bristol City have got. They've mm. got so many players who seem to naturally fit into a, a three at the back system, such as Jack Hunt. Um, who, who maybe gets pushed further uh, forward a little bit more. Tommy Rowe as well, who, who's played a lot of his career as a winger, but he plays a little bit further forward in this system. And the likes of Bailey Wright, obviously not playing at the moment, but also Taylor Moore, because they're not maybe so exposed to the back. So it does suit the team, and I, I think, yeah, it, it's, it's coming together nicely. And that result last night really paves the way now for possibly a, a good season. Well, it, it, it could pave the way for one of Lee Johnson's famous runs Hull on Saturday, which we'll come on to. Um, let's talk about Josh Brownhill as captain. Only 23, one of the youngest in the championship. Do you think the armband is his for the season? Uh, no, I, I think it will go back to Bailey Wright when he comes into the team, just because... He's club captain. Lee really, he's the, yeah, he's the club captain, and, and, and Lee really values his leadership qualities. Mm. But that's not to say anything bad about about Brownie, who's been absolutely superb, well, 100% record, isn't it, with the armband now, and yeah, he was outstanding again at Derby, he's always outstanding, when I do my player ratings, it's so easy to mark. He's so consistent, he isn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, he doesn't have a bad game, does he, so, I, I, don't, I don't really want to say this, but unfortunately this is what I'm thinking at the back of, back of my mind, that essentially... I am sure Josh Brownhill is going to the Premier League next summer, one way or another. But the thing is, if he didn't go to the Premier League, or if he went there with Bristol City, he's now in that position. He's only 23. He's been at the club, what, uh, since 2016. He's in the position to become, potentially, it's early days, but he could become a club legend if he chose to stay and go with the club. Yeah, he could. And I think it's a smart move as well, actually, from Lee Johnson, giving him the captaincy. It, it, Lee said this week about how it, he wants to take Brownie's game on a little bit further by developing his leadership abilities and, and making him yeah, a key character in the dressing mm. room. So it's, smart, it's, it's a smart move to give him the armband and say, listen, you're not just responsible for yourself now, you're responsible for the other guys and making them play better. And that's how he can really advance himself. But you're right, he's key for Bristol City. And hey, I, nobody knows what, what's going to happen in the future. And, and maybe... Maybe he'll sign a new deal and, and stay at the club, especially if they can get his best mate, Callum O'Dowder, to do that. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. The, the good thing is, as well, I mean, Taylor Moore is a really good mate of both of those guys, and he looks to have made his way into the team now. Obviously, he signed a new deal the other the other day as well. So, yeah, there's a there's a core, core group, but yeah, my hope would be that Bristol City basically can 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 use that to their own advantage and and uh, be carried up the league off the back of Brownie and the others' performances and, and maybe go up themselves. Before we talk about the game further, that's the point that Bristol City are at, isn't it? It's whether they can now keep these key players and take them with them. Because when we spoke to John Lansdowne in the summer, when I spoke to him for Sky Sports, he said that's what they want to do, take these boys with them, not have to sell them like they have previously, Adam Webster, etc. Yeah, the, the problem is that we just know from this summer that... If, if somebody meets the price, then mm. that player will go. So they want to sell their way up the league. It's very, very difficult. We've seen this with Brentford. And I mean, I was on, the, I was asked by Talksport 2 yesterday about it, and they were saying, well, how do you view the summer business? And it's my only criticism, really, that 
didn't replace Adam Webster because they sold him so late in the window. So, yeah, I think that needs to come into the factor and to their thinking next summer. But, yeah, if, if these guys, if, if Bristol City aren't promoted, then these guys and their price tags are met, then unfortunately they will be sold, but Bristol City will reinvest the money and look to become better anyway. Mm. Uh, back to the Derby game, and a man who got a lot of praise was Han Noah Masengo. Uh, Henry Winter, the national journalist, was raving about him on Twitter. How good was he on Tuesday night? Yeah, really superb. Uh, he carried on from the QPR game and also uh, the, the Carabao Cup game against QPR as well. In all three games, he's been consistent. And yeah, I, I, I've got a bit, I was a little bit surprised by him last night. Because he was so busy and so energetic, I wondered if, if that might just be dimmed a little bit by uh, basically Bristol City playing away from home against uh, a tough venue with a very vociferous home crowd. Mm. The atmosphere was, was loud and aggressive from the home fans there, as you'd expect. But he, kept, he coped admirably with it. He was, he was superb. He carried the ball well. He was... Uh, cracking into the tackles across the pitch, he was running rings around Tom Huddleston at times, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was a real clash of like the young versus the old, um, the bold against the the beautiful. I don't know, I don't know where I'm going with that, but, but <laughs> he has good hair. That's what you're trying to say. <laughs> I think that's what, yeah, probably a reference to that. And um, yes, he, he looks a real starlet, and I know. Well, Lee Johnson said several times, hasn't he, that he's, he's excited to polish the diamond. And, uh, yeah, I think we're going to be enjoying watching the diamond for, for a few, yeah, a good while, yeah. If you think about his age, he's 18, and Bobby Reid was, what, 24, 25, when he had his breakthrough season with Bristol City? OK, different positions, but just to give it some perspective to fans, 18. He's so young. Yeah. He's, and he's, he's only not so long ago turned 18 as well and he's got that Champions League um, experience as well he really didn't look cowed last night at, at all by the Derby County midfield he was a real asset and I also wondered last night because second half he knew that the Rams had to go for it and I thought hello this is going to be interesting they're going to if I was like a Derby County midfielder I would as they say in the game leave a little bit on him mm. to test to test him out mentally, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. To see, see how he copes, to see if he reacts, and then you pick up like a red card, those sort of dark arts of the game, if you like. Mm. But it didn't happen, he didn't lose his focus, he, he wasn't put off his game at all, even with, if somebody tried to wrap him up a little bit. So yeah, great signs, real potential there, and um, he looks a really great pickup and a very exciting part of this new look Robin side. Yeah, another new signing that did well, especially on Saturday, um, and I know you thought he played well last night, is Benekophobia. Let's just hear from Benekophobia after the QPR game. The manager's helped me a lot. You know, he's brought me here, and people probably would have questioned him bringing me here, and um, he has faith in me. Uh, the staff, not just the manager, to be fair. I speak to a lot of the staff and my teammates as well, and they're helping me a lot, settling, and I just feel like the old me. You know, I want to be confident. I want to be smiling. I'm not at my best when I'm you know, thinking about things too much or... I question things and doubt myself so I'm just believing in myself believing in my teammates and hopefully we can have a good season to be fair I think it's come from a good pre-season off-season I worked hard on my off-season I worked um, to be strong to come back fit and um, to kind of clear everything that happened last season so I had a good pre-season to be fair and it didn't really work out in the first game against QPR funny enough in the first game um, we lost at Stoke 
and I just felt I needed a change. I just needed to be away from the environment. Uh, nothing against Stoke, you know, I've got I've made good friends there, and I just felt like I needed to go play a team that plays probably football more suited to my style. You know, that's nothing against Stoke at all. And um, Bristol, I think, a perfect fit for me, as I've said in another interview. But I also think I'm a perfect fit for Bristol City. Sorry, and. Um, yeah, hopefully long may continue with, with his success. We're trying to get it forward as quick as possible, you know. Um, we're trying to be patient with the ball as well. But uh, the manager here has got a philosophy of trying to create chances for the forwards. And that's my game. You know, I want to be in around it. I don't want to be going um, 20, 30 minutes where I'm not involved. And playing the ball behind, that's my strength. You know, when I go through 1v1 with the keeper. And I know against Birmingham uh, last week, um, I missed two glorious chances. And... The manager texted me and said, listen, the next one is going to go in. And the next one was today. And I just thought to myself about bearing it. And um, I dreamt about this moment last night. And yeah. it came it came true today. So Benicophobi scored that actually very good goal. Like, I know it was a, an error from Joe Lumley that led to it. But he had to get his foot around it. And it was quite a spectacular goal on Saturday. He's off the mark. But more impressive maybe, Gregor, is the partnership that he might be building with Andreas Feynman, do you think? Yeah, good point. Yeah, absolutely. I think those guys do suit each other and in particular basically Biden seems to be excelling in this role through the middle a bit more basically Lee Johnson seems to be getting the, the best out of well, finally players. he's put them there you, you know finally he's put Vyman down the middle yeah and yeah. perhaps he hasn't been able to before now yeah it's good because that's what I mean when I come back to this system and saying how it's getting the best out of several players mm. Andy Vyman is one of them and I just think he's, his game seems to be taking up a level every time, well, every season, every couple of months. And that bit of footwork for the goal last night oh, was absolutely yeah. exquisite, wasn't it? Drag it back, then with your other foot, roll it calmly into the corner with the, with the player on the line. I forget which defender it was. Um, so cool. Great finish. Let's not forget as well, Casey Palmer's involvement before mm. that. Bracket through ball. And Benekafobi, I mean, how many do you think he could get this season? Or is it a case of a rotation between him and, him and Famara Gigi? Or do you think he's got that shirt for now? I've seen a lot of Bristol City fans saying, oh, he's so much better than Famara Gigi. I do think the two of them are slightly different and they bring slightly different uh, attributes to the side. I'd probably say Fam is a bit better in the air, but Afobe is just a bit, little bit more mobile, isn't he? Mm. And what Afobe is so good at is just giving him the ball, letting him spin away from the defender, letting him run down the channels, carrying the ball away and basically turning defence into attack for, for City. Mm. So Fam, Fam can learn a bit from Afobe and likewise maybe maybe Afobe can learn a little bit from Fam as well. I think it's great for City that they've got this competition for places. So we will need both these players across the season it's, it's going to be a marathon as we know so there will be chances to come for Fam and yeah, in terms of goals for Benick, then I thought it was interesting uh, just now but he explained how Lee Johnson had texted him after the Birmingham game recently when of course he, he, he failed to score with those two mm. great chances, one and ones that he had but then Lee texted him afterwards and said, listen, Benick, the next chance that comes your way, you're going to score. Lo and behold, as is football, that chance comes along against QPR and he scores it. And yeah, it's great man management. It's such good management, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's just sort of things like that. But when you're a player, I'm sure it just really gets your confidence going and lets you know you've got the support, the management. So yeah, I I think he will get more goals. He he had a good chance last night, one-on-one again almost. Uh, meeting Andy Vyman's three ball didn't quite that's maybe a bit harsh 
on him because he didn't quite get onto Cal Ruse, but but it was a, a, a decent opportunity, and I think that they, those kind of chances are going to keep coming for him because we've seen how Palmer is constantly picking the runs out, and yeah, he's going to get more chances. I fully expect him to get maybe 15 goals this season, okay. maybe around that, maybe a bit more. Uh, let's hear from Lee Johnson then after the Derby County game. Yeah, I thought, to be, like, if I'm being honest, I don't know how you saw it, but I thought we controlled the game without the ball. Um, and, listen, Derby are a good side. You know, the way they recycle the ball, they've got some quality individuals um, and some real experience in there, like the Huddleston and players like that. But I always felt that we, we would be a threat on the counter, which obviously proved in the first half. And actually... I don't think we capitalised enough on the opportunities to counter. And, um, and, the, and the boys work like Trojans, physically, mentally, and they put their bodies on the line. And um, I think Derby are a really good side. So like for us, particularly given we're so new a team, we've only had really six sessions to be able to work on that defensive side. And, uh, and the boys have um, showed great application and great attitude. And, and now my next phase is to do my work and start improving... Um, the sort of in possession stuff and that uh, the patterns of play to recycle the ball. Yeah, and uh, you lost Adam obviously, but you've still got a lot of youthful exuberance almost in the middle there. You were Sengo and, and Josh in the back. Yeah, it's really difficult to single out individuals for us today because I thought it was genuinely like a real team performance. You know what I mean? If you if you're giving everyone marks in the paper, you're probably giving six, six and a half, and I'm giving them eight, eight and a half because. I know they've applied the work that we've done and uh, they've done it with aplomb. So it's fantastic, really, that that gives us a, a chance in every game. And then I truly believe that as we grow as a team, the boys will have the quality. But I thought the back three were like sort of um, absolute warriors. Uh, Tommy Rowe looks like the, the signing of the season across the whole of the championship um, for the value, obviously, that we got him at. And... Um, and the three midfielders, whether it be Casey or, or Callum O'Dowder, came on, worked their socks off because they had to. But you can see the, the talent, you know what I mean? You're chucking in young Hannah Masengo, 18 years old, and uh, he looks like, well, he has played in the Champions League, but he looks like he's played in the Champions League. And uh, obviously, it's a, it's a real nice one to be able to coach because um, I want to help him become a top, top player. Ashley Williams watching on. I think somebody spotted him yeah. in the crowd. Yeah, the situation with Ashley is that it's nothing definite. Um, we've had him in. Uh, we, we've tested him. He's had a look at us. We've had a look at him. Both have still got to make a decision. We haven't gone into like negotiations or anything like that yet. Um, but his body fat's good. I said to him, look, you're not on trial, but your hips are on trial. <laughs> And uh, all the testing that we've done for him and for us, just see where we are and just quite relaxed about it. Um, and, and we'll see where we get to at the back end of the week. Shirley Johnson finishing there talking about Ashley Williams. Now, I spoke to him before QPR and after, but before I said to him when I was working for Sky, do you think that you've replaced Adam Webster adequately. And he said, if we had one failing the transfer window, it was there. I know we talked about this earlier on. Ashley Williams isn't going to be a a like-for-like replacement for Webster because he's not as good as him. But it's that simple at this point in his career. But he could, yeah, have a really positive influence, couldn't he? Yeah, he could. And I would like to see him come in. I think it's a no-brainer to bring him in. And, yeah, he's been left out in the Wales squad today, but this is a guy who has captained his, captained his country for a long time. He's got 86 caps. 
he's highly recommended from both Stoke and Everton. We've spoken to journalists at both those um, clubs to see see what the deal is with him, and they had a, a lot of good stuff to say about him. So, yeah, I honestly think Ashley Williams could bring a lot to the Bristol City side, but not necessarily in playing straight away. People kind of assume, oh, he's going to go into the team. Mm. I don't think that would be the case. I think the three guys at the back are doing the job, aren't they? They've, they've mm-hmm. all been super. I've got to say... Baker and Callas were absolutely brilliant at the Rams last night. Nathan Baker was winning every header. I mean, uh, Thomas Callas made six blocks last night and the next best person in the whole match only made two blocks. Mm. So he, he was both those guys superb. Taylor Moore as well, most interceptions in the game for him. And yeah, if Ashley come, Williams comes in, then I would expect him to be on the bench because he, remember he hasn't had a pre-season yet. Yep. Um, but the good thing is that you guard against injury striking. And as yeah. we've seen with Adam Nagy... Sorry. No, Adam Nagy, come on. We've been through this. <laughs> <laughs> then injuries can strike any time and you need to have that cover. So I would bring him in as cover and I think that's what the club is going to do and it'll probably be smart work. Yeah, they would look a little bit short of cover if they don't sign a centre-back, for sure. Um, this weekend against Hull, what are you expecting? I mean, I've seen them once this season when they played Swansea. They lost that game, um, but, you know, they weren't terrible, but I would say Bristol City probably have too much quality for them if they can keep Jared Bowen quiet. Yeah, he, he's the star act, isn't he, for, for Hull. They've had a bit of a mixed time, haven't they? Obviously, lost two games and won one, drawn one. Obviously, lost at home to Blackburn last time out, uh, last night. So, yeah, maybe it's a good time to go and play them and... They, yeah, it's not the same side, obviously, as under Nigel Atkins. But every game away from home is tough in the championship, and you just have to see about uh, Luton sort of getting that that draw on the opening day of the mm. season against Middlesbrough. Um, and anyone can do it, really. So, yeah. But I do think with the form that Bristol City are in, I wouldn't be surprised if they go there and get get a result. Might only be a draw. But even then, that would be that would be decent and keep the unbeaten run going. Then again, wouldn't be surprised if they get another win the way they're playing. Is it the start of another purple patch? Yeah, I really hope so. I mean, it took it took a good sort of eight to ten games maybe to get that consistency last season, mm. and, I, and I really felt that the things like the international breaks made a difference. Sort of being able to get all the guys together, obviously those not involved in international games, work on the training pitch, on the stuff, um, recover and regroup. And talking to like fellow journalists at Derby last night, their view from up at that end on Bristol City were that this is a very good side that the Robins have. Lee Johnson's doing a very good job and they'll likely be in the mix for the top six next season. But if they've got one area maybe one Achilles heel one weakness is that maybe and they said in a similar way to maybe Leeds last season is that they don't quite have the squad depth at the moment mm. so that, that's why things like the international break is so key to get players back um, and it might come down to that across the, the long run you'll need to be lucky with injuries that's not happening at the moment but the season is long as we said so and they're also going to have the January transfer window and that will be important as well because there are areas I believe that City need to address and they should still have money to spend then as well. They should do, so yeah. I think, yeah, I think they will have the, basically the, the ability to bring somebody in then if they want to. So that could be an interesting time as well. But yeah, ultimately this City side with the result last night 
and the confidence he'll bring, they're very nicely placed. And just finally, just a word, we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. Ashley Williams, how likely is that to happen, do you think? Yeah, according to our sources, we're expecting it to go through the next 48 hours or so. I think Lee Johnson confirmed last night. Um, obviously, as we've heard, that he's expecting something to happen in the next, um, well, so before the end of the week. And it was interesting to see Ashley Williams in a Bristol City tracksuit. Mm, I know. Subtle. Yeah, I, I just want to say to City fans about some of them might ask why a move like this takes so long to tie up. And I actually think this is good work by the club here, and I'll explain why. I think it's because they do such due diligence. They've brought him in, they're not going to rush anything, they're going to take their time, essentially do a long interview with mm-hmm. him. That's what it's like. Imagine you're going for a job. It's a long interview, several stage interview. They're testing his body fat, as Lee Johnson explained there. Making sure that it's his, it's his, his hips pass the trial as much, mm-hmm. as, as much as he does. And yeah, it, this comes from Gary Johnson, actually. I was listening to, there was a great podcast, actually, um, the fans podcast with Gary over the summer. And he was saying about how, um, I think it's the one sider, um, sorry, one stream in Bristol and their sider with series to give it full credit. And uh, Gary Johnson was explaining about how he's rejected players before because he, he didn't get the right impression when he met and spoke, wow. spoke to them face yeah. to face. But also when their agent tried to basically take over the proceedings oh, yeah. or or whether when they wanted to talk about finances before talking about football, which which is the wrong way about uh, the wrong way of going about things. Mm. And I think that's the same with Lee. He's just taking his time, making sure that Ashley Williams wants to be there for the right reasons, that he's going to be the right character and that he's a, he's a good guy and he's going to really be a positive influence at Bristol City because they don't want to get things like this wrong. No, absolutely exciting times. OK, Gregor, thank you very much. Enjoy the Ashes. We'll be back next week after the whole game. Of course, Bristol City aren't in the Carabao Cup next week, so they get that extra rest as well. So if you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us. And thank you for listening. Robins on the Wire.